0: Vox Pro, powered by TELUS International.
1: Customer experience is the new competitive battleground, and to compete at the highest level, you've got to have an edge. I'm Patrick Hawhey, presenter of the Vox Pro Studios podcast series. We're all about beautiful customer experience, and this podcast is all about giving you that edge. Welcome to Vox Pro Studios. And remember that if you subscribe to Voxpro Studios, you will never miss an episode with the titans of technology, the titans of customer experience. Um, Some of the biggest companies in the world have joined Voxpro Studios to talk about how they do customer experience, how they provide it, how, how they do it differently. And there's some huge amounts of insights in each episode that you will learn Uh, A lot of takeaways, things that you can apply in your own company, in your own business to make sure that your customers are delighted at every touch point of their journey. So for today's episode, it's an interesting one. When a brand runs an advert during the Super Bowl, it tells us a couple of key things. Number one, it's a very big brand and obviously a very successful company. And number two, its customer experience operations are highly prepared for some serious spikes in traffic. Because when you advertise during the Super Bowl, you're suddenly in front of over 100 million eyeballs, an incredible amount of people. So the company I'm talking about is Wix.com. Wix.com is the leading cloud-based platform that basically makes it easy for people to create beautiful, professional web presence, websites. And I'm delighted to be joined by the head of global customer solutions for Wix.com. That's Alan Moore. Alan, how are you?
0: Hi, Patrick. Um, I'm doing fine. It's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Absolutely, and thanks for taking the time. Um, Wix, I think a lot of people will know about Wix, but for those who don't or for those who want to hear a little bit more from your own words, can you describe the company?
0: Sure. So Wix is an online platform allowing anyone to build his online presence. It can be anything from blog to an e-commerce site or just a beautiful landing page. Um, Super easy, drag and drop. Anyone can do it and that's the that's what we do it's like a very easy to use product that solved a very difficult problem for a lot of our users
1: and you mentioned users i i kind of have a rough idea of how many users you have but i think you should so, say it
0: uh, we have over 150 million registered users globally
1: wow globally so what's that about it? 200 million 200 countries around the world basically probably is it
0: uh, that's free, getting close to that yeah
1: yeah (laughs) okay that's fantastic so okay so you've 150 million customers based in nearly 200 countries around the world um in terms of actually providing customer experience this is a pretty big job because they're in different time zones they're in totally different places coming from different cultures so i just want to start with a very sort of basic building blocks question what kind of channels do you use what do you what do you have in place to allow customers get in touch with wix
0: right so we have all three channels, which is chat, uh, call, and emails. And we mix between the three. So we offer it to in different, in different kind of interactions with our users. In some cases, we know that chat will be a better way to talk to our users. And in another way, in another opportunity, it's gonna be to send an email and of course call. And we are open 24 seven. So whenever someone wants to talk to us, you he he just can ask for a callback and one of our agents will call him back right away. It takes roughly one minute to get back to our user. So in terms of that, we provide a phenomenal service.
1: Yeah, well, 24-7 is, is a pretty big move. And I'm just going to come back to you on that in a minute. But, uh, but first of all, I just want to talk about chat. Do you use um, bots? Do you use AI-powered technology to interact in the sort of initial stages of chat?
0: Yes, so, and again, and not, in all, and not in all cases, because it's important for us to provide the best service, and as you know, sometimes bots can be very annoying to some of our users, and it depends on the interaction, so whenever it makes sense, um, just to have a starter of the conversation, we have that. But actually in most cases, right away, you're gonna to talk to one of our guys.
1: So it's is it very much for the kind of the non-cognitives or the very basic sort of user questions, FAQs, that kind of thing that you deploy the bots?
0: It's actually it just them? the beginning of the funnel. And this is another big thing that we have. So whenever someone wants to connect with us, the user is asked to go through a very basic funnel in which is gonna select um, the main in SAP category. And based on that, we'll know if you wanna activate a bot or not um, but like I said most cases it's going to be right from the get go one of our guys
1: you mentioned that it can be very frustrating dealing with the bot do you think that there are you know still quite a lot of companies who haven't really integrated bots properly into their strategy who you know they allow their customers to get in and get caught in chat bot limbo and basically just go around in circles you know maybe even it even happened to you at some point
0: yeah, I think that, again, if, it depends on what you inspire, what kind of service you inspire to provide. And the bot, bots can be sometimes frustrating because if it goes out of script or, and then the user immediately picks up on that and it destroys the interaction and sometimes even the trust. So um, our product offers so many different options and things for the users to do. So we just saw that usually we would, we would love to just talk to the user right away and not have that limbo chat that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, and actually it's an interesting point because the the, the, the problem can sometimes be when the, the bot is posing as a human. But I've seen great examples of companies who are like, no, it's a bot and we're going to like give it a character, we're going to give it a personality and let people know that this is the Slack bot or this is whatever bot. It's quite clever.
0: I think that's the right way to do, to go about it. Um, if you're using a bot, you should say it's a bot. But um, like I said, for us, it's my funnel doesn't include bots in the, the meaningful conversation. So if someone sure. just starts a conversation right away, it's going to switch to one of our agents.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. So the, the 24-7, moving to 24-7, is that a big deal? Is it a long journey to get to that point?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it is a long journey because it takes a lot of time to create this global operation and to make sure that it's working smoothly Um, and of of course it it requires different languages and, and a lot of operation behind it, heavy operations, but we finally got there and I'm very pleased and happy to say that it's working smoothly and we're very proud of it.
1: That's fantastic and obviously so it takes a lot of time but it also takes a big investment. And I'm really interested in the, the sort of how somebody in your role, how this sort of the chief customer officer or the CX lead in a company can go about trying to influence those with the, you know, with the with the wallet uh, to say this is an important investment to make. This is, you know, if you invest in this, you will see the returns, you will see happier customers. Is that sort of a whole other level? Is that a, is that a whole process in itself trying to get to that point?
0: I have to say that for me, I was, I'm was i very lucky to be working in a company that values our customers more than anything else. And our support department is at the core of the company. So actually, the product, our product is so well designed because we know how to focus on our uh, customers' uh, feedback coming from them. And oh, because yeah. of that, it was very easy to come up and say, guys, I know it's an expensive move but we're going to gain so much from it and we're already gaining a lot from it. So it was very easy for me to come up and say um, and and get the budget for uh, moving to the
1: 24-7. And, you know, so for someone and for someone in your role and you're very experienced in this whole thing, for those listening who maybe will face a bit more of a challenge in trying to get that investment to, you know, to invest in their sort of side of their operations, hugely important, but maybe not... You know, seen as as important, um, by some levels of management. Would you have any advice for how you can go about showing that this will have a return?
0: Yeah, definitely. Patrick. And I, I was, for me, it was easy, of course, again, because I was I'm very lucky, and this is what we do. But um, I think for other uh, VPs out there that are, they need to sell that thing, data, 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 data. That's the name of the game, and with support you need to know how to track the data coming through and it's crucial to understand the entire flow of users, how they engage with the product and whenever they're trying to engage with support from that moment on to really track everything the users are going through the funnel. And that information is basically gold. Cause A, a lot of times people that tend to talk to you convert, if that's the business model that you have. And even if it's not, People that talk to you end up, usually if you're doing a good job, happy and satisfied with the product and they become your ambassadors as well. So basically support these days is the really right way to market. your. Um, it's, a, it's basically part of marketing. This is how I see it. So if you're going to do it right, um, you're actually adding to the revenue of the company 100%. But for that, you need to show data and to talk data. And there are a lot of tools out there um, that can do that. We are so obsessed with what what we do. So we developed our own thing, our own internal tool. Uh, It's called Weeks Answers, and we're using it for everything that we do. So the interaction with our users, chat, email, and calls, including all the data analysis of everything that is coming through all the channels, including the knowledge base, which we have there, it's something that we dissect and with that information i can show i can talk to whoever it is if it's our ceo or uh, head of product about problems that we have in the in the system about conversion rates about what kind of questions what are the common questions etc
1: that sounds like an absolutely fascinating tool this week's answers so you're saying it's a it's a tool that's it's pulling in all of the data being collected at all the touch points um, and all the, con- the customer contacts and sort of crunching it into actionable data that you can sort of show and, and use as, as a, a case for investment or a case for a change or whatever that might be.
0: Yeah, clear statistics, clear screens with all the information that you need to get. Um, and with one click, you share it with, with whoever you want and you can get things moving
1: that's an incredible amount of data that is incredible very good so okay so you were you, you well placed you were well placed maybe not everyone is so lucky but uh, to have a tool like this but I think the the point is fundamentally the same you know use the use the data that you do have to hand whatever that might be to try and prove your case and and try and get that investment
0: right and I just want to add you know it, it took us time to get there uh, we developed this own tool because we were so obsessed with data and to make sure that whatever you say there is data behind and it's not um, thoughts, emotions, or someone just thinking that he he knows what the users are, what they want. We really need to make sure to uh, represent the user voice, the user's voice in the right way. And the the, the right way is to back it up with data. Um, It took us a few years to get to the place that we have with the current situation that we have this amazing platform that we've built internally. Um, But
1: yeah, right now it's it's unbelievable. Well, that's an interesting point that everything should be should be data driven. But in in the customer experience role, is there also room for the gut feeling, for the heart, for that sort of, you know, it's a more sensory approach to, to your job. So you kind of feel that something is right as opposed to having the data to just fully prove it.
0: Absolutely I think it goes hand in hand I think that it starts with that gut feeling that you mentioned when you end up a conversation with a user that got lost and doesn't know exactly to express why they didn't understand how the product works etc and this is exactly the the point of time that you wanna dig through the data and understand if there's a trend there behind this gut feeling that you just uh, that you just experienced with the user And if there is something like that, of course, to collect all the data, go to the relevant product manager and uh, sort it out. So it's it's definitely one complements the other.
1: Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, just it it, it it helps you shape your case for something that you felt anyway. No, it's a, it's a very good approach. Um, okay, so I mentioned in the intro that Wix is one of those rare companies that that advertise during the Super Bowl, the biggest moment of the year, a hundred million eyeballs, uh, suddenly on your on your product and on your service. Um, would I be right in assuming that this causes a, a pretty big spike in? calls in contacts because suddenly, you know, you're out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right with that assumption. It's uh, there's a huge spike of traffic coming in to our website right after the commercial. And after that, of course, a few days after Um, and you need to do your work, you need to get everything ready to make sure that, you know, you can you you need to think about like uh, running a concert, right? so how to funnel how to funnel the crowd in the right way and you need to make sure that everything is working right and the servers are can take the load and all the support funnels are guiding people to the right place
1: so so you have and I suppose it breaks down into two things. I'm sure do you have to get extra bodies onto the phones first? Do you have to like you know ramp up operations or bring in a contact center temporarily to sort of handle the call side of stuff as well?
0: Of course. Of course, you yeah. need to ramp up the the headcount. And at the same time, you just need to make sure that and, and you know there's a limit to the headcount that you can provide. So you need to make sure that the messaging and everything there is super clear so people can, Get what they want without even interacting with you in the best way possible, of course, but if they end up interacting with you to have enough people to serve them
1: well, one of the things that you have to do coming up to a spike is bring on extra you know extra headcount more people on the phones or more people behind the counter or wherever that might be and what that involves is and like a company like wix and you know arguably for for any company or any brand, a company that takes its brand very seriously. Each person who a customer has a contact with needs to be the best brand ambassador they possibly can. So, you know, training, nesting, onboarding is such a crucial part to, you know, infusing your brand in the person so that that comes through to the customer. What's your approach to training and trying to instill brand values in your people and your team members?
0: That's a great question. So, first of all, our initial training is extensive. It takes us um, almost two months to train someone just to start serving anyone, and that's a lot of time. And about it, and that's it doesn't end up there. So our training is an ongoing uh, program. That the more you know, the more training you'll get, and you know you can serve and help people in more and more fields. And for us, it's it's actually more than just support. It's actually consulting. We're trying to help out our businesses to just have a very successful business and that that takes a lot of training because when you think of it, it's not just about how to build the website. It's actually about how to have a successful online presence and that involves SEO and advertisement and, and other things. So all right guys, it takes us time, but um our perfect agents are doing just a flawless job in helping businesses to grow their business, and not just with technical support.
1: Yeah, you know, that sounds like you put a big emphasis on um, customer success. Would that be the, would that be fair to say that you know you you can you can win a customer, but they're not going to stay with you unless you can unless they can see all of the great things that Wix can do for them and and how they can use it. So is that part of that process that we will show our customer? just how to get the most, how to get the best indexing on Google, how to get the best sort of apps to interact with their customers. And maybe that increases their lifetime value.
0: Absolutely. We care deeply about the success of our users and we'll do whatever we can to help them out, to build the the best website they can or business or online platform. Uh, so they'll perform in the best, best way possible. Yeah.
1: So coming back to the Super Bowl for a moment, because you 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 guys are kind of known. I think you advertised in the Super Bowl in four of the last five years or five of the last six years. But you're you use very sort of uh interesting people in your ads. So I think just this year it was it was Carly Kloss, the um the supermodel, and um, but before you've used Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel and you know real celebrities who would be seen as characters as well. Is this part of sort of shaping the personality of Wix? is this something that's important to you having a brand personality
0: well i'm sure it is otherwise we wouldn't have done it but this is more a question for our cmo um omar shai brilliant guy he knows exactly what kind of celebrities he wants to to you know to represent Wix. um hopefully maybe next year i can be on the on the commercial
1: after <laughs> <event>. <laughs> well, you've got, you know, the folks at home listening can't see you, but you definitely have a, a star quality. <laughs> 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 yeah, Absolutely. Really look, uh, we look that's forward good. to seeing that's you on seeing the screens that's next good. year. Um, yeah. Okay, sp- speaking of st- starring roles, you are going to be starring at um, VoxPro. Uh, powered by Telus International's CX Summit in San Francisco, um, a little later this month, and the theme of that is effortless experience. Okay, this this whole thing about frictionless experience, removing the effort that a customer has to make, in order to enhance that experience. Um, what would you say? Like, I would, what what is effortless experience to you? What does it look like to you?
0: So. I'll tell you what the thing is that I'm seeing, and I'm seeing this in a lot of conventions that for support and and people are always talking about the very obvious, which is once you you're talking to your users, once you have this connection with the user with the end with the customer, how do you actually measure the success of that conversation, email, chat, whatever it is? And don't get me wrong, this is very important. But I think that it only it, you're only tracking ten percent of what's really important, and that's the the body of the iceberg what sits below, you know, the ninety percent that sits below the, the surface, and that's um, a lot of interactions that users are having with your product and with your support, and you're not seeing at all, you're not checking that. And the thing that led me, you know, the, I think the best example is the survivorship bias. Are you familiar with that? No, totally. So, you know, survivorship bias is basically something that happened in World War II that the Americans were bombing uh, occupied Europe and they were sending thousands of bombers to bomb um, Nazi forces. And uh, they were shut down. A lot of the bombers were shut down and the Americans didn't know what to do. So they started this project that they checked the, the planes that got back that survived the battle where the, bullets, the bullet holes are. And They just added more um, defenses wherever they thought this is what is going to help the the planes to survive, and they sent it back, they sent it out again with the same results and again and again and again. And it ultimately, they didn't know what to do, so they approached um, their friends from the UK and the, their scientists. They said, Guys, you're measuring the wrong thing. The, the, the planes that are coming back are the planes that survived the battle, The the ones that you want to test out are the ones that crashed and burn, and you don't have that. And I think the same thing goes to support these days. The The planes that survives are survive the flow are actually the people that end up talking to you, but a lot of the users will never reach out to you and you have to know how to measure the, the users that just get in that limbo with your product and get lost and would never even approach you. And this is, I think, where the... New era of support is understanding the whole flow and not just the tip of the iceberg.
1: So unlike the Americans who couldn't sort of figure out why the planes that went down, went down, uh, companies are now in a position to find out through data points why they lost a customer at some point along the journey or a potential potential customer. customer.
0: You said it better than I did.
1: <laughs> well, no, absolutely. you told a great story to, to, to highlight it. This is it. It's it's a really interesting way of, of framing it because it makes it very clear. And is, does that come back then to the tools you have, the, the tools you have to measure the different touch points, be it online or on various different channels, what customers are doing or potential customers are doing and where they're leaving? That's
0: right. That's exactly it. So the, the tool that we have, Of course, it tracks and monitors the conversation and the chat and the email, and we can see exactly what happened there and to rate it and to get if the user was satisfied or not. But I think that what really makes the impact is the immense data, which is far more than just the the end of the flow of the interaction. The immense data that we collect from the moment the user steps in into our knowledge base till the endpoint when he uh, decides to contact us, or doesn't it depends on the situation but we c- we track all the information so we can see what he searched on on our search bar what kind of uh, we offered him a few options with which options he choose to read how much time he spent and what did he do at the end of that re- you know how much what he, he decided to do when he was done reading it was he satisfied unsatisfied etc so all this flow this you know understanding this flow and other flows as well. It's something that, um, this is how I'm seeing effortless uh, service. This is how I'm seeing this.
1: Yeah, because you're you're losing that potential customer or that customer at a point that is too much effort for them to get past. So by removing that, then it's a frictionless experience. A really interesting, really interesting way of answering that. Can you, is there an example maybe, and no problem if you don't have one top of mind, but is there an example of through measuring things in this way, um, you learnt something that you then sort of addressed uh, as a result is there something that you can ground an example you can ground that with
0: absolutely there is a fantastic one so you know there's so many different types of screens today that your website will show up on and it needs to be just right so we have people just saying um why I'm not seeing my website um, some of it is missing etc it was a few years back now everything is responsive but based on the tool that we have I was able, and they didn't know how to ask why am I, you know, is it responsive or not responsive? Users don't know how to ask what they want to ask. They just ask what they see. You see what I'm saying? So based on the queries that users used to ask on that search bar, I was able to understand what exactly is missing out. And we actually changed their product to make sure that they're building their product um, in the right measurements per screen.
1: Very good. And you were able to adjust it. And then obviously you can you can measure the success of that, which I assume has been great.
0: Yeah. And we're very happy with it.
1: Good. So to continue effortless experience, I'd love to ask you if you, is there a company that you would view as sort of best in class for effortless experience, for excellent customer experience, someone, a brand that you have dealt with that has really delighted you?
0: Well, I think um, for me, it's Amazon hands down. I think that, you know, the amounts of traffic this company needs to deal with on a daily basis and um, the complexity level of the things that they need to answer is immense. And the way they're doing this is just uh, inspiring. So if you've never checked it out, check their Amazon's flow, support flow, and you'll be impressed.
1: Well, would you describe it? Describe your experience. What is it that sort of made it stand out from other companies for you?
0: So again, I think that they're using the same approach that we do, which is basically offer all the information that you can, so hopefully the user will be able to figure it out on his own. But if it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make the cut, they'll be right there. If that that's not enough, um, they'll offer you to talk to someone right away. And I think today, you know, today that's the right approach because users are smart and users know exactly what they want and if you have the right data to present to them usually they'll be happy with with that but if it's not enough or it's not exactly what they're looking for they, they should have the option to talk to you right away
1: so it's not so is it a case of having being in a position to you know hire more bodies to Uh, take those calls or is it actually more about investing in the content to try and uh, you know making it so that people don't have to call
0: i think it's the second it's the second option which is investing more in content and investing more in webinars and investing more in videos to make sure that the the content is really clear and if someone wants to learn about something or ask about something he can do it without approaching anyone but if he wants to take take it to the next level, he has the chance to just say, you know what, I wanna talk to someone and someone will engage immediately.
1: Yeah. Okay, Adam, before we wrap up, like I've really enjoyed the conversation because you sound incredibly passionate about what you do and it's something that really interests you. So I'm curious what kind of what attracted you to this role in the first place of all the different roles you could have in a company like Wix, what was it about the customer support that that sort of attracted you?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. I enjoy working with users, hands down. This is what I enjoy doing. And I I love product and I love data. So that combination that, you know, it ties everything together. My passion for working with users, helping them out um, while changing the product based on that feedback and everything is being supported by data. I think that this is the um, holy combination of the three things that made me really passionate and happy about what it is that I do.
1: Yeah. And it's a role that's only going to become more important because the level of data that we're getting is increasing every day. And the role, uh, the value of the the CX lead is also increasing every day. So this is getting to a really good good place.
0: Definitely. Couldn't agree more.
1: OK, so final question. We, we spoke earlier about your channels and, you know, you've just added 24-7 phone support, which is a, which is a big deal and a huge step forward. But I assume you're, all, you're always looking to the future and, and the evolution of, of what customers want and how they'll want to uh, get in touch with you. So wh- where do you see, what do you see as the sort of the channels of the future? What's the kind of next thing that you feel you may need to add to your, your armoury?
0: So I think that it's, it's not even about how we communicate with our users. It's about the essence of the communication. So right now it's really fairly super easy to get in touch with us, um, chat, email, or phone 24 seven. I think that speaks for itself. It's about what you, what we talked about before, uh, the transition from just support to customer success to make sure that every engagement is a very is a, is a meaningful one for our customers and this is what the emphasis is
1: very good alan moore senior director and head of global customer solutions at wix it's been a pleasure talking to you today and we look forward to seeing you in the 2020 wix super bowl ad cross our screens so thanks for taking the time
0: thank you patrick it was a pleasure vox pro powered by telus international
1: and for more insights from the Masters of Customer Experience, you can subscribe to the VoxPro Studios podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out voxprogroup.com for all of our latest articles, ebooks, and CX thought leadership. For now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. VoxPro
0: Studios, where insights live.